You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. So today we're talking about starting habits, okay? And um, uh, there's, you know, uh, this is a practical sermon series, okay, in, in a lot of ways. And I think, I think these days, uh, maybe some of the best sermons are both practical, but also powerful, okay? And I don't want you to focus on one or the other. I want you to focus on both. Because I think a lot of times the practical side of it is what we're supposed to do with it, but then God has this powerful part. So I want us to make sure we get both of that. So let's start with this. Let's start with some scripture, because there is much that is said in the Word of God about making plans, setting goals, honoring God with those plans, about starting strong, about finishing strong, you know, and all those things. Here, here's just a few, okay? Uh, Proverbs 16, 3, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Philippians, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Proverbs, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Matthew, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Luke, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? First Corinthians, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? Uh, so, so run to win. Second Chronicles, but as for you, be strong and courageous, for your work will be rewarded. In Galatians, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. All right, sermon notes are there for you uh, on the Connect page because there's a, man, uh, what, about 10 mouthfuls being said right there. Plenty of stuff for you to look at uh, regarding goals and plans and, and all of those kinds of things about finishing strong and about, about starting, okay? So today uh, is, is going to be about starting. I, I hope that you will decide to start something new. Let's back up to last week just a little bit because I know several of you weren't here last week. And so you missed the first sermon, and I don't have time to preach all of it to you, but uh, let me give you another thought that wasn't in last week's sermon but kind of supports what last week's sermon was about, and it's this is that do, uh, it, I'm sorry, who is greater than do, okay? As we look at those scriptures, we realize that what God is mostly concerned about is not what we do, but who we become. And who we are becoming in Christ is more important than what we are doing, even when we say we're doing it for Christ, because who is more important than do. All right, a couple of years ago, um, my doctor uh, called me, I'd, I'd been for a checkup, you know, blood work run and all those kinds of things and everything. And uh, don't, don't you get tired of some of the stuff the doctor tells you? I mean, doesn't the doctor offend you every once in a while? I mean, the thing that I'm tired of hearing is, well, at your age, Mr. Hand, you know, you might as well just say, you're getting old, Rick, you know, at your age. You know, I'm tired of hearing that. Well, th this was a little different. wasn't quite that in your face. But uh, he said, my cholesterol was high. And he said, I've already called you in a cholesterol medicine. And, and, uh, and he told me that I'm going to be taking this rest of my life. Now, and we talked on about it, and he told me that my cholesterol was one point higher than what he wanted it to be. One point? So I said, okay, wait a minute, Doc. L hang on here. Let me just be honest with you. I eat bad. 
okay? Anybody that's ever eaten with me, you know I eat bad. And, and so I said, look, one point, you know, I, I, and I just started telling him, you know, this is how I, I just have always, I've always been blessed, great metabolism and all that kind of stuff, and I've taken advantage of it. So let me work on this a little bit. Give me three months, let's test it again. He said, take six. And he knew it'd take a little bit longer for me to do the work that I needed to do. Okay, so, so I, let me tell you some of the things I did. Uh, I, I've eaten a lot of hot dogs in my life. Now, I don't eat a hot dog every week, but man, a hot dog is just, it's something quick and easy, right? You know, you don't have to take a lot of time. And, and I like hot dogs, you know, and, and, and all beef, okay? If you buy, don't buy the red ones for me, okay? But all beef. I, I like hot dogs. Well, I cut out hot dogs completely. Uh, I cut out fried a lot of fried foods. I, you know, I went to I went to uh, chicken that was grilled. I was eating a lot more fish, not fried fish, fish, but uh, uh, grilled fish and that kind of stuff. Uh, cut out French fries completely for six months. I didn't have French fries. You know, uh, you know, I I was doing war against my cholesterol. You know, I was going to bring this stuff down. I uh, let's see, I added. I, I was eating some whole grain cereals, but I added pretty much only whole grain cereals. I uh, added. Uh, more nuts, more fruits, more vegetables into my diet. And when I say more vegetables, I don't mean that I actually added different vegetables. I just added more of the three vegetables that I actually like. Okay. And uh, so I was doing all this, you know, and I was really excited. I get back six months, you know, they take my blood, they do, and he calls me the next day. Guess what the number? I changed the number by 17 points. Is that awesome? Oh, wait a minute. In the wrong direction. So now I'm 18 points higher than he wants me to be, you know? And, 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 but one, one good thing is about it, I did talk him down, but he was giving me 20 milligrams of my med. He was going to give me only five. So it's a little bitty pill. You know, I, I didn't really want to do that. But here's a quote from my doctor, okay? Here's what he said. Sometimes genetics is stronger than diet. You know what he just said? Who is stronger than do? because of your genetics. I can't change who I am. Physically, I cannot change that. There's nothing to change it. And, 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 you know, I started finding out that just about everybody in my family is taking cholesterol meds. So it's just in my genetics. And unless I can change my genetics, I can't change that with diet. You know, but I will say this, that I got older than all the rest of them before I ever started taking cholesterol. So I did win that battle, all right? You know, but, you know, it, it's, there's no way to change it. But I can't change my physical, but... Scripture we used last week, John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus told Nicodemus that a man must also be born again. Spiritually, we must be born again. And we are offered that opportunity. Physically, I can't change that. But spiritually, I've been given that opportunity to change, to become more like Jesus Christ, to have a new birth and a new life in him. Not physically, but it's the spiritual side of it. So not just the practical of what I can do, but it's also the powerful of what he can do. Now, here, here's the difference, okay? The difference is in how deep it is. It, you know, is, is, it, is it surface deep or is it a deep change? Is it a, is it a surface change that, that we do or is it, a, is it a deep change we do, okay? Uh, I, I hope that's there. Thank you. Uh, that, let me say it this way. Uh, you ever heard anybody say, I'm going to work on my marriage and make it better? I've heard tons of people say that in my ministry, right? I mean, it's one of the things, you know, our marriages suffer, and so I'm going to work. You know, and here's the kind of things people say, right? He says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to squeeze the toothpaste from the end, and it'll make my marriage better. You know, because that's one of the things me and my, my spouse, we argue over. She squeezes it in the middle, I squeeze it on the end. I'm going to start squeezing from the or the other way around. I'm going to start squeezing from the end, right? Or I'm going to put the dirty socks in the hamper. I'm going to spend less time gaming. 
I'm going to be more conscious of my words, plan more date nights, hold hands, going to flirt. You know, I mean, those are the things that you hear from people when they start talking about making their marriage better. But how many of those things actually make the marriage better? Would it not be, instead of focusing there, you know, on the, the surface stuff, because, listen, marriages and being married is tough. Because a lot of us, especially those of you who were single for a good long while before you became, you know, married, I mean, the whole time you were single, think about it. You never had to ask, what do you want to eat tonight? You just decided. What do you want to watch on TV? What movie do you want to go see? You didn't have to ask anybody. You decided all that. But you get married, all of a sudden, man, you got you to consider somebody else for the rest of your life. And so marriage, marriage takes more than these superficial surface changes. It takes something more deeper. What about this? If I decide that I'm going to cherish my spouse and fall more deeply in love with them. You know, you can do all of these things and never get that. But if you'll do that, all of these things will begin to fall in line. That, that's why who is stronger than do. And you know what? This is also true not just for marriages or, or our other relationships in our life, but also this is true for our relationship with God. So let's look at some of that, right? Let's say, okay, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my, my relationship with God better. I'm going to attend church regularly. Every time the doors are open, I'm going to be there. I'm going to give more. I'm going to serve with commitment. I'm going to pray regularly. I'm going to read my Bible consistently. And all those things are good, right? Anybody argue that any of those things are bad? We should scratch them off and not try? All those things are good. But the reasoning, by why do, why do we do those things? Because those are the things expected. Of Christians right if you're gonna be a Christian you're supposed to do so okay new year I'm gonna do all these things because these are the things we Christians are supposed to do but that's the problem is when we do things because we're supposed to do them and we're not doing them because out of the abundance of our heart what again what if I were to say I'm gonna work on falling more deeply in love with Jesus to cherish my relationship with him you see, you can do all of these things and never truly fall in love with Jesus. But if you truly fall in love with Jesus, you're going to also be in love with his church and want to be around. You're going to want to give more like he did. You're going to want to serve uh, sacrificially like he did. You're going to want to pray and stay in constant contact with him. And you're going to want to read your Bible because you want to learn everything you can about him if you fall in love with him. But what we do a lot of times is we get it backwards, don't we? We get it backwards. So bring over the next slide for me, fool, Brandon. Think habits instead of goals. Okay, we, we get them back. Because we're all about goals right now, new resolutions, right? Not me. Okay, I'm not saying we are. I'm just saying that's what everybody's thinking about. It's first of the year. And, and, and I don't do a lot of resolutions. I, I never really have. I mean, I think about things that I need to change, but I don't make resolutions because, you know, one of the things we said last week was that stat, you know, from the studies that 92% of resolutions are gone by, by Valentine's Day. You think just about every one of them are gone, right? 92%. And so it, something's not right then. I mean, if we can make all those resolutions and we can't follow through with them, something's wrong. And, and there it is right there. We need to be thinking habits instead of goals. Your habits, and I'm going to set up a, a quote that I'm going to give you in just a moment. Your habits are your system for doing life and are therefore stronger than your goals. Okay? Your habits are the system. You know, uh, the, the, the things that you do by habit, that's kind of your system, the way you live your life. And that's stronger than your goals. And some of our habits are good, some of them are bad, right? 
Like some habits are bad habits. Like driving slow in the left lane on the interstate. Would you please quit? That's a bad habit, and it bothers the pastor, okay? All right? And, 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 or, or keeping your ketchup in the refrigerator. That's, a, that's an abomination before God, okay? You want to talk to me about it? I'll explain to you later, all right? Or when you're not paying attention when you're hanging a new roll of toilet paper about whether it's coming over or coming under, you know? That you should be paying attention. And if you need a little, a little hint here, all right, beard is good, uh, mullet is bad, all right? And if that'll help you figure out how you're supposed to do it, all right? You know, some habits are bad, but some habits are good, right? So, you know, how about bathing? Would y'all say that's a good, a, a good habit, bathing, right? That's a good habit. Please, if you haven't discovered it yet, please get it, okay? Uh, we'll help someone, you'll find someone that can help you with that. Or uh, brushing your teeth. Brushing your teeth is a good habit on a regular basis, all right? Uh, or wearing deodorant. How many of you agree? That's a good habit. Uh, the people who work out with you at the gym next to you, they really would appreciate you developing that habit if you don't have it. You need to wear some deodorant. And working out in the gym, that's, that's a good habit. Some of you don't work out like that, but you walk or you do other things like that for help. That's a good habit. Hobbies are normally good habits. So we have a lot of good habits and we have some bad habits in our life. Um, but your habits, uh, I'm sorry, I thought that was for me for a second. Uh, you, I said, that's not what my slide is supposed to say. Your habits are your system for doing life and are therefore stronger than your goals. How, how is that true? How is it that my habits are stronger than the goals? I'll show you this. This is a study from Duke University. 40% of the actions we take are not a result of decisions, but are a result of habits. Now, when you hear that, you read that, and you think that, you say, okay, that means I get to choose 60% every day. Well, okay, right. So that sounds like you're more in charge. But you think about all the decisions that you could make in this day, and you get to maybe choose 60% of what you're going to do today. Uh, just, just think about, okay, when, when you leave here today, you're going to go somewhere to eat lunch. Maybe you're going home. Maybe you're going out to eat. Where are you going out to eat? Who's going with you? Where are you going to sit? What are you going to order? You know, uh, all of those things. I mean, you've got 100 decisions to make just about lunch this afternoon. So there are tons of decisions out there that you are going to make. But what this stat is showing us, what this study is showing us, is that when you woke up this morning, 40% of what you were doing today was already in stone. You don't get to change 40% of it. You've, your habits are going to rule 40% of your day. That's huge. That's why I say that habits are stronger than your goals. All right, last week I, I, I gave you a quote from James Clear in his book on atomic habits. Here's another one. You don't rise to the level of your goals but you fall to the level of your systems. And you can throw in there the word, uh, slash habits. You don't rise to the level of the goals that you set, but you fall to the level of your habits. You can set all the high and lofty goals, New Year's resolutions, everything you want to, but you are going to do it for a couple of weeks. Stats say 92% of it you're going to do for six weeks until Valentine's Day, but you are going to eventually fall back to your habits. We know that, right? But we still keep making goals but what we need to be doing is changing our habits because our habits are so much stronger than our goals. You can make all the, all the goals in the world, but unless you change your habits, it's not going to matter. So think habits instead of goals. Okay, let's look at that. We're going to go back through a little bit of this here, just a little bit. Goals versus habits, all right? Get married. That's a goal, right? You know, most of us have that goal. If you're not married, you probably have that goal somewhere in your life or you had it at one point, have five kids. Maybe that's not your number. 
And maybe you've never really thought about how many kids you want to have, but at some point in your life, you're probably going to have a number in mind of this many. I want to have five kids, and then you have the first two, and you say, scratch that, two's enough. I'm done, right? Or you might even go, God, please, retroactively, can you take one of these away, right? You know, so, I mean, whatever your number is, we all kind of get a number, you know, and having that many kids, become a millionaire. That's a goal, right? A lot of people have that goal. And you know what? You're blessed to live in the time you live in today because it is so much easier to become a millionaire today than it was 20, 40, 100 years ago. Okay, that's, that's a goal. Or read the Bible, pray, tithe, and serve more regularly. That's a goal. But how do we really get, I mean, are these the things that are really going to make a difference in our life? Those are goals, not habits. Habits are the more important thing. So, so let, let's think about that. Instead of getting married, what if I chose these habits? I chose to have a great marriage, and the way I do that is I change who I am. I'm more, I, I decide to become more appreciative. I, would, I, will be, I will work hard to build trust with my honesty and, and, and holding, allowing myself to be accountable. I will forgive and forget and not hold anything against my spouse. I will sacrifice because, once again, it's not about me anymore. Now there's two of us, and every time I add a kid, I just go further down the line, you know, just getting, getting lower and lower. I mean, which of those is going to really build a great marriage? Just getting married? No, you got to do that. Or what about instead of having kids, I'll be a great father, a great mother. And what does that mean? That means I, I, I'm going to be an example. Because let me tell you something, Dad, Mom, you are an example, good or bad. But you're an example because you're in the parent role. That I'll be a great example, that I'll teach. I won't just yell. I'll teach. I'll take the time to teach. I'll train. You know, that means living it out before a little bit. I'll impart wisdom. I won't just expect them to pick it up, but I will impart wisdom. Or what about becoming a millionaire? What, what is the purpose of having money? Is it so that you can brag that you're a millionaire? So you can leave your uh, bank statement laying around somewhere and somebody can see how much money you've got? So you can you know, somehow let people know what you're saying. What, what is the purpose of having money if it's not to be able to do more, like to give, to share, or to really make a difference in this world? You know, um, there's a, been a lot said this week about goats. You know, what, you know what I'm talking about? In the sports world, goat, greatest of all time. You know, kind of weird, isn't it? Because when I called somebody a goat, I didn't really think of calling them the greatest of all time, you know, but that's what we, use, we do. And, and you know, uh, Nick Saban is retired this, this past week, and, and uh, boy, it didn't take long for Alabama to move on, did it? Uh, he, he, um, he retired this week, and, and so all the sports commentators and news people and, you know, and everybody online, you know, everybody's talking about his stats, you know, and the number of this and the number of that. But if you listen to his players, did, did you see any of their interviews? And they're not talking about the rings on their fingers. They're not talking about holding up that trophy. They're talking about the impact that man had in their life. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know what, was that, what it was that uh, Nick Saban started out to do in his, in his you know, tenure as a, as a football coach. But somewhere down the line, he realized that it wasn't just about that. It was also about having impact. And so in the same way, I mean, being a millionaire, I mean, that's what's more important. Is what am I going to use that money for? Or let's talk about these things as well, reading the Bible. How, how, how do I just, just say, I'm going to read the Bible more, I'm going to pray more, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, uh, give more, I'm going to serve more. Instead of that, what does it mean? I'm going to qualify that and make it a real habit. Like if I'm going to read the Bible. You know, if you just say, I'm going to read the Bible more this year, it ain't going to happen. 
you know, because you're, you're not going to have a time. That, so what you've got to do is you've got to set a time. You've got to create a habit. One of the best ways to do it is first thing in the morning, to have the habit of saying, I'm going to start setting my alarm clock a few minutes early. Why, why in the world would I want to get up earlier to do that? Because if I read the Bible first thing in the morning, then before CNN or Fox News or, or uh, my emails or uh, social media has time to pour their crap into my head, I am letting God's Word pour Himself into me and setting my day up that way. Or, or uh, praying. You know, like the Apostle Paul talked about praying without ceasing. Constant prayer. Being in constant prayer. How do you do that? I, I practice that every day if I possibly can, is, is chasing after God in this way. Is like, is that, that I believe his presence is with me every moment of the day. I don't need an invitation to come to a moment of prayer and say, hey, God, I'm back. Hadn't talked to you in a while because I've been talking to him all day. That, that I talk to him like he's listening 24-7. That every word that comes out of my mouth, he hears that. And so it's, it's like a constant prayer. It's like that. He's, he's just there alongside of me, and we're walking through our day, and, and everything's going, and I'm talking to him in that way, or, 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 or tithing in the same way of, as I'm reading the Bible first, tithing first. You know, like the Apostle Paul, again, encouraged, him, uh, encouraged the church to set aside at the very first of the week, according to how God has blessed you, set it aside so you give it. Because if you just say, I'm going to give more, most of us are still giving based on what we got left instead of what we received in the first place. And how does that work out for you? I mean, how often do you have any left? How many of y'all had any left after Christmas this year? I mean, really? You know, think about it. But by saying this, here's what you're doing. When, you're, when you say, I'm going to set aside based on how I've been blessed, I'm going to set aside, first of all, you were saying, I am acknowledging that he is my source. I'm acknowledging with a first gift to him before I pay anything else or do anything, I have already set this aside that this is God's. That I'm acknowledging that he is my source or, or serving. And, you know, at 29-11, we, we've said this all along, 14 years now, is we believe everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus. That, that is everybody in this room. You have something awesome to do for Jesus. And instead of just saying, okay, I'm going to serve, say, I'm going to commit to some ministry. Because you have a ministry to do. If you have something awesome to do for Jesus and you don't do it, that means it doesn't get done. That means there's a hole in ministry that is not happening in this world. There are people out there that are supposed to be being served somehow, and they're not being served. And, and, and I'm not saying that means you have to join a ministry team at 2911. Whether, whether it's that you're joining a ministry team at your church, or that God has called you uh, to the, we say the deep, dark jungles of Africa, or whatever, you know, just a third world country to be a missionary, you know, whether, where, you know, where you're doing that, where you're coming alongside somebody else or you're out there doing it all on your own and just hoping somebody else is praying for you and that kind of thing or somewhere. All of us are somewhere in between those two ends of the spectrum that we have something awesome to do for Jesus. And when we accept that and we say we're going to do it, and then, then we say, I'm going to accomplish it. I'm going to commit to this. And I don't wake up and say, I don't feel like doing it today because I've committed to that. That's the difference and having some goals and establishing some better habits. Um, is, is my next thing, just making sure, I keep, I keep thinking I'm skipping something there. I did in the first service, but it, it's there. We're at Keystone, okay, just making sure. Keystone habits. Um, Charles Durig, in his book about uh, the power of habits, he talks about Keystone habits. And uh, what he describes as Keystone habit is, is a habit that has ripples throughout your life and other parts of your life. 
You know, like that video we watched just before I came up on stage and how all those dominoes started falling until they hit that, those big ones and bigger ones and bigger ones, just big stuff started falling in your life. And I love that. That's a, that's a great video. But the keystone habit was the very first one. Not as big as the problems that maybe we're facing, but it's the keystone. It may not look that big. It may not, may not look that amazing or that awesome when people are looking at you and saying, well, yeah, I, I, I see your habit, but, but it's the keystone habit. Keystone. What, what is your keystone habit? What is the thing? I mean, we can have all kinds of keystone habits. When we look at Scripture and we see the, the heroes of faith throughout all the years of the Bible, we see these people, I think it's so easy if we're not careful to look at all of them and say, wow, look at all, and, and just kind of all see them all like the same. But they were all so different. They accomplished great things for God, whether it was the preaching they did or the singing that they did or the songs that they wrote or, or, or the prophecies that they gave. They all did these great miracles and things for God, yet every one of them were different. They had different keystone habits. Let me show some of them to you, okay? Um, Joseph's keystone habit was vision and faithfulness to God's vision. I love this one, and I, I, I almost saved this one and thought, I'm not going to spend this one here in the middle of this sermon because I've got I to preach this one. This is really good right here. Just think about this. That Joseph received, and this is the Old Testament, Joseph, not, not Jesus' dad. Joseph received a vision from God about some things that were going to happen in his family and, and just some things that God was going to work out. And then Joseph got thrown in a pit and left to die. But you know what? He didn't give up. He still had that vision. And you know what? He, he could just say, I ain't dying here. Because what God told me was going to happen hadn't happened yet. So I know I'm not dying in this pit. That when, uh, that when he was lied about and, and falsely accused and thrown into prison, he could just again say, I ain't dying here. God's getting me out of this because there's a vision that God said is going to happen. In my, and it ain't happened yet, so I ain't dying here. And he was able to hang on to that. And he was able to hang on to through all of this stuff going on in his life. And all of the battles and all the troubles and the struggles that he had, he was able to hang on to that because he had this keystone habit that he hang, held on to the vision of God, and he was faithful to it. Uh, David's was chasing God. You know, King David. He was, he was chasing God. I mean, that was his keystone habit. Watch it. Look at him. I mean, in his worship. I mean, he was the one that the ki- they called to, to come and, and worship in the king's presence when the king was really struggling with, with demonic activity around him. They called David, and he, he came and worshiped. He's, uh, he wrote a lot of the Psalms, and you and I, we still sing some of the words to some of the Psalms that he wrote. But even in his leadership, even in his leadership, David was chasing after God because we see him. And, and there's your scriptures right there. If you want to look at them with me uh, later this week, you can see. David, uh, even when he, was, when he was leading, he would ask God. He would say, God, do we do this or we do that? Even in trying to find, you know, what's the best thing to do today, he was chasing after God's will. And, and, and uh, you know, this, one of the things I guess we, we don't do around here is, is uh, we don't really start the year off with prayer and fasting. I know a lot of churches do. It's kind of on everybody's mind. and We, we don't do that. We do, uh, we're doing 40 days right before Easter. But this past Thursday, the leaders of the church started 40 days of prayer and fasting ahead of your 40 days that we're going to invite you to join us right before Easter. And so we started this. And, 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 uh, and, I, and I want you to know that. Is, is we didn't do this because everybody else is doing it. We did it because this is what we've chosen to do. 
We've chosen to set this habit, not because it's a good idea, but because we've chosen this habit. And so now we're doing this. And so the last uh, three days, we started on Thursday. And so every day, one of, the, one of the leaders of the church is sharing with all the other leaders something that God has laid on their heart. Just yesterday, Jamie was sharing with us and reminding us about David's great sin. None of these people were perfect, okay? That's not what I'm saying. And, you know, and we should say thank God for that, right? <laughs> because, I mean, if they were perfect, and that's the only way we can be of anything to God, then we're all in a mess, aren't we? None of these people are perfect, but the one time, the one time David really blew it was the time he didn't. The one day in his life that we have record of that we know he did not chase after God. That was his uh, keystone habit, was chasing God. Or what about Elijah's? You know, I, Elijah's keystone habit was boldness. There were times that it looked like he was all alone. One time he told God, he said, God, I'm all alone in this. And God said, no, I got some others. But he didn't know that. He didn't know, and he thought he was all alone. But he was able to stand up. And this is a great story right there. And just, you can read just those four verses right there and see the whole story of what I'm talking about here. That he was able to stand in the face of a king. And when nobody else was standing up, he was able to stand up and stand for what is right and say what is right because he had this keystone habit of boldness. Or uh, Daniel's was prayer. Three times a day. Didn't matter what was going on. He stopped what he was doing three times a day. And he prayed. That was his keystone habit. It's what some people attacked him for, but that was his keystone habit that made him rise so high into the kingdom. Or Nehemiah's was discipline and diligence. I really dare you, read Nehemiah chapter 4 and just see this. They had so many oppositions, uh, so many obstacles, walls like those dominoes that we were watching in that video, and just big, big things, big blocks of wall coming against them. But you know what? You know what Nehemiah kept saying, and he kept doing, and he kept leading. He said, "No, we got to do this. We got this is the plan. This is what God has given us to do. We're going to do this." And he was disciplined about his diligence to follow God. That was his keystone uh, habit. Or the Apostle Paul's, his was preaching. He's got to tell somebody about Jesus. He, you know, if he, take him to the laundromat, and he's going to tell all the ladies about Jesus. Take him to the old-timers table down at Jack's, and he's going to tell those guys about Jesus. And you know something really interesting to me is if you'll go look at those scriptures, hopefully I gave you a little appetite for it, you'll go look at those scriptures, you'll see the first century equivalent of the laundromat and the old-timers table at Jack's, and you'll see that the apostle Paul could not keep his mouth shut. He had to tell people about Jesus. That was his keystone habit. And Jesus... His was spending time alone with his father. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight passages of scripture that I've given you that you can look at and show that Jesus pulled himself away to be alone, to spend time, not just alone, but alone with his father. That even, even uh, there were times that were, uh, you know, the night before he was crucified and he went into the garden to pray and he took his disciples with him. And then he told the disciples, say, but he took three a little further, deeper into the garden. But then he set them down, said, you pray here. And then he still went and got alone by himself, just him and the Father. Of all the keystone, of all the habits that Jesus could have, his keystone habit was getting alone with his Father. And that was something that I, I noticed this, this week about how Jesus just keeps on, in the first 11 chapters of the book of John, he just keeps on talking about, I'm not here to do my will, I'm here to do his will. He can't do that unless he was finding time to be alone, just me and him. That was Jesus' keystone habit. What's mine? I, I, that's kind of rhetorical, okay? I didn't really expect somebody to stand up and tell me. I'd like to know, though. I've been thinking about it this week. What is my keystone habit? 
I'm not going to live forever. One of these days, whoever's left is going to have a memorial service for me, hopefully. I don't want a big funeral, okay? don't want a big funeral. Just y'all eat some Krispy Kreme donuts in my honor and just say, uh, see you in heaven, pastor. You know, hot now if you can get them, okay? <laughs> but I wonder if somebody were to ask at my memorial or, or just the people that know me and somebody were to ask, what was Pastor Rick's keystone habit? I wonder what they'll say. I don't know. Uh, I hope it's one or two of these, right? I mean, I, I know most all these things are important to me, but what is really my keystone habit that ripples through everything I do? And the big question for you is, what is yours? What is your keystone habit? <clears throat> these are all spiritual ones, but there's, you know, there's a lot of other ones, you know, like making money. If that's your keystone habit, it is one for a lot of people. It ripples through everything in their life. It impacts their relationships. It impacts their decisions. It impacts what they're doing today and tomorrow. It impacts their careers, their education. It impacts everything in their life. That's a keystone habit. What is yours? Is it to be a Swifty? Is that your keystone habit? Uh, somebody beside you didn't chuckle a little bit. Tell them what a Swifty is, okay? And before we get down on them too much, let's just remember, come on, you Alabama and Auburn fans. You know, that we, we think everything rises and sets based on whether it's orange and blue or red and white. Right? What is your keystone habit? What do you hope it is? What do you want it to be? Listen, I don't preach for information purposes. I do not. This is, this is not for information purposes. I preach for change. I preach for impact. I preach that somebody will be swayed by the Holy Spirit in this place today to say, my goals I will never reach until I change some habits, and I need to change some habits today. That's why this stuff right here is in the sermon notes. You can snap a picture of this if you want to right now, but if you'll go to the Connect page this afternoon, look for the sermon notes, go there, everything's right there, and you can start digging into these. Oh, I pray someone does that. I pray several of you do that. I pray because I, I pray that you're doing this because you want to have a keystone habit that is about him and about his dream instead of about what you dream your life could be in this world. That we keep it. I remember uh, first church ever pastored. I had a guy that was uh, he was a leader in that church, little church, and and he caused me all kind of trouble at times. But there was one thing he said that I remember so much. He said, it is just as wrong to sing a lie as it is to tell a lie. And I was just thinking about that song we sang just a few moments ago, that, la that new song, that last song. Do we really mean that? Are, are we going to allow ourselves to die so we can have a resurrection, maybe of his habits into our life, instead of our goals in our life? That is my prayer today. My prayer is that you'll take the practicality of this, but then you'll match it with the power of God to see real change start happening in your life this, this year. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911.
You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.